This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. Find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Swinging Through Comics. Visit mjmunoz.com STC for notes and links, and don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment to help me grow. So, I watched the first two episodes of WandaVision. This is a show that came out of left field for me, and uh, I gotta say I liked it. So, I'm gonna... I, I don't know that there's actually much to spoil on it. Um, more I'll be talking about it, and I think I'll just spend a few minutes because I think that's all it really warrants. Uh, I don't have enough background in a lot of things to get to, you know, in uh, the Scarlet Witch or in the Vision from, uh, you know, Avengers and the MCU. You know, this is what it's mostly about, mostly drawing from. But I don't have enough uh, understanding of the backgrounds of characters to go into how it strays or doesn't stray to the source material. I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you what. It felt very in line with uh, a sitcom. Like, uh, this whole, the whole concept, I guess I'll talk about the conceit, or is it the high concept? I don't know. Anyway, I'll talk about the conceit, which is that something's going on with Wanda and Vision. Uh, they are trapped in TV land, basically, and uh, it seems apparent by the end of the second episode that somehow Wanda is controlling or uh, partly responsible for what is happening to them and why they're trapped in, I think it's called Westview, is a little sitcom 50s town that they're stuck in. And uh, it does feel to me as if they're stuck. Um, I <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I kind of, there's like, uh, there's a duality to these episodes or to the show so far. It's, you know, a show within a show and it's a show that the people within the show kind of maybe do know that they're stuck in, but not really. And it's interesting because it was very hard not to dislike it for a couple reasons. One, uh, it's formatted like a sitcom. Uh, two, it's formatted like sitcoms that I like and that I enjoyed as a little kid. Uh, I'm 33. When I was uh, small, uh, Mr. Belvedere was on, Small Wonder was on. Uh, maybe Growing Pains was on, but more than that, Gilligan's Island was on, and so was I Dream of Genie, and a little bit of Bewitched. So I have familiar, like I watched a pretty good amount of I Dream of Genie, and I think I liked it for the special effects. Um, anyway, that's like a five-year-old boy. Anyway, uh, but no, uh, I Dream of Genie and a little bit of Bewitched, I'm familiar with them, and I remember them. Uh, and it felt very much like those. So there's probably some amount of nostalgia that um, explains why I liked the segment so much, but also the jokes were well-written and, and it's actually kind of funny. My wife and I happened to just start uh, watching a certain, certain show from, uh, it was Golden Girls, I'm not gonna lie. Anyway, so we've watched now like six or seven episodes of Golden Girls and I can't believe how much I like it, but it's funny, it almost feels like the dialogue is, you know, the dialogue is very witty. It's very, you know, it's very much banter. It's very fun. Um, but it's also a little contrived and derivative. But it's almost as if the characters in the show know that the witty dialogue and jokes that they're delivering back and forth are, like, they're in on the joke almost. Which that might have to do with the fact that a lot of times sitcoms uh, are filmed in front of a live studio audience. I know the laughter is canned for the most part, especially in WandaVision, they were using all canned laughter, but that really adds to the effect of like, oh, this is this is fake, something's wrong, something's artificial here. Uh, and I think it's a good thing. I don't know, I'm pretty sure it's a conscious decision because like 
they even zoom out at the end of the episode and it shows you that they're on TV and there's a person watching the TV and there's controllers and it looks like a control room or something from, you know, that I've seen in behind the scenes, you know, Wayne's World or, you know, anything that shows, you know, behind the scenes of, uh, of you know, TV production. Anyway, um, but like there's something comforting, even though like sitcoms are a little bit trite. Um, and like I said, there's something contrived about it, but uh, as I was saying and I'm repeating, it feels like the characters of the show are in on it and the actors you know they'll turn to the camera they'll make a little face they do asides like there's all these different things that play to them and it plays with an audience seeing it and the other characters they're not seeing it or not you know knowing that it's actually happening even though you know they very well may know what's happening I don't know if that makes sense like in the second episode um, Wanda like blows raspberries a couple times or like sticks her tongue out but she's doing it turned away from somebody so it's funny that, you know, would a person do that in real life? Maybe, maybe not, but um, she's doing it, you know, facing the camera, therefore facing the audience, therefore we get to see that, and there's a little laugh track that goes along with it. And like, they, it almost like it, they pause at moments to let the laugh play or to, uh, to do different things like that. So there's like a removal of the realistic um, nature of how you would shoot something like, I know all film and movie, uh, all film, you know, whether that's television or, 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 you know, big screen or small screen, uh, there is an artificiality to it, but there's, you know, sometimes where there's overlapping dialogue or they're trying to make things more realistic so they don't, you know, can things or they, you know, try to affect as much as they can that this is really happening. And they didn't do that in this. And uh, there were even moments where, especially towards the end of the first episode, I would say at the climax of the first episode, um, Wanda and Vision are asked, you know, who they are and where they came from and what they're doing. They can't answer those questions. And the people who are with them, it's a little bit more like the Truman Show, I guess. They're, they feel like they're actors who are trapped in these roles that they can't get out of. And they're just like, or maybe like they're NPCs and they're trying not to stray from their programming. Uh, even, and it's hard to tell if there's capable, if there's potential for them to be more than they are, or if, uh, that's all they are and they're just stuck in those limits and they can't react you know beyond that but uh, and then in the second episode uh, there's this lady I can't remember what her name is like Genevieve or something like that she ends up being uh, part of their uh, big act at the end because they're in a talent show <laughs> um, and she asks like how did that happen and um, even uh, they're they're doing a magic show I'll, I'll just go light spoilers on it they're doing a magic show and uh <laughs> Anyway, Wanda keeps using her actual magic, which apparently doesn't work like that in the comics, but doesn't matter right now. Uh, she keeps using her actual magic to uh, explain away, um, you know, what Vision is doing uh, because he's, you know, superhuman and can fly and whatever. Um, so she's doing that stuff, and at one point she makes a bunch of mirrors appear, and she's like, hey, it's, you know, a magician who uses smoke and mirrors to do stuff, and someone says, is that how mirrors work? And then another character tells them something like, shut up, you know, don't pay attention, or like, like, we don't want to hear that right now. So it's like a very fragile, it's a very fragile false reality that's being constructed and it's being like questioned and examined. And I just, I'm really drawn into one, the nostalgia of it two like the almost meta textual analysis of it or, or the you know meta commentary being made on it. I think it's really interesting. Also, uh, there's like black people in the town. There's Asian people in the town, uh, maybe Hispanic people in the town. Um, 
or Latin really, because Hispanic means you come from a place that speaks a Spanish-speaking language or you know, a, you know Spanish, uh, whereas Latin just means you're from a Latin American country. So that's geographical versus you know what kind of language you speak. Anyway, regardless, uh, I just like to be uh, clear on my terms. Um, but like, so there's like a, a mystique and an, uh, uh, not that mystique. There's a mystique. There's a mystery. There's an intrigue of what's going on exactly, and. Uh, maybe I'll edge more a little bit into spoilers. In the end of the second episode, well, I'll leave a big uh, thing that's hidden right now <laughs> uh, under wraps still, um, but there's a uh, almost a revelation. Like, there's this thing that's bothering Vision and Wanda, and they want to know what it is, and they go outside to see it because it was bothering them previously, or like at the beginning of the episode, and they just kind of... Uh, it, it's kind of the inciting incident for them getting involved with this talent show or whatever, but once that's all over and they're resting and relaxing at home, uh, they... Uh, hear something and they go to investigate and they see something and Wanda kind of breaks character and she's not acting like her uh, you know 1950s sitcom wife self and she says which is the second time it's happened in the first one um, well it doesn't matter so the second time she's done this really and she uh, says no or not like this or something like that and the television rewinds the illusion rewinds and it goes back and uh, it replays a moment and it ends happily for them uh, and then the episode ends with a, on a kiss it's very romantic very sweet um, but then we go uh, back out into the TV screen watching the show of WandaVision and you hear this feedback that was featured in earlier in the episode and that kind of broke the fourth wall so to speak um, and that you know kind of tips us off to what's going on and I like that. I just really hope that if this is going to be seven or eight episodes or whatever it is, that we don't keep getting pushed off of the mystery. But then again, uh, it is kind of escalating things because uh, when they go back in, um, and I guess after they kiss, uh, maybe it's before, whatever, Vision's face is red. He's in color, and then color starts to spread around the whole room. And uh, through the episode, Wanda was wearing a different outfit. She'd gotten rid of her poodle skirt or whatever. And was dressed in pants and a little more modernly uh, as if they're moving from the 50s into the 60s or the 40s and the 50s or whatever, probably 50s and 60s um, because I have seen like promotional images where it looks like Brady Bunch, basically. And uh, I'm thinking that they're kind of going to go through the decades of sitcoms uh, as like Wanda's, you know, stuck in this, you know, whatever uh, construct that she's trying not to deal with something or she's under attack or, you know, something like that. Um, and I'm interested to see, you know, who the villain ends up being and how this all works. But I would be okay if this was, like, all in her head somehow. And maybe this is triggered by, you know, Vision's death at the end of uh, whatever that movie was with Thanos. Uh, Endgame or the one before that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, so not so War. <laughs> Infinity War? That's what it was? Anyway. Um, I've seen the movies. I just, I'm just not, like, a MCU person who's watched them all again and again and again. I've probably seen uh, Captain America, the first one, like two times and uh the uh winter soldier like three times because it's so cool um but i don't really repeat <laughs> repeat a lot of the marvel movies it's just for some reason it feels like one and done is, is good enough for the most part anyway um except i did i did try to watch doctor strange a couple times too so anyway um but yeah so i like i'm really interested in this i'm i'm hooked uh, I want to see what happens. I just hope it doesn't turn out that, uh, like, at the end of every episode, I mean, I guess this could be okay. They get a little closer to the false reality cracking, and then she says no, and she can't use this current false reality of this, you know, TV show construct or whatever, so she has to update it to the next one to kind of 
wow her and keep her and maybe Vision or, or just her. Maybe Vision's a construct in her head because he, when he's a magician in this episode, he's called Illusion. So maybe he is just an illusion. I don't know. It's uh, it's really interesting. This might all be in her head or it might not be. Because, you know, he's dead at this I guess, yeah, he's dead at this point, really. Because I don't think he got wished back. I don't think, uh, um, was it Tony? I guess Bruce, didn't Bruce Banner uh, wish everybody back initially? Was it Tony? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think Vision got wished back is my point. Um, so I think it's pretty interesting. So yeah, I, you know, I, I like this. I, uh, I'm entertained. Uh, I like it as a sitcom. Uh, I like it as a deconstruction of a sitcom. And I like it as a uh, construct of a deconstruction of a sitcom that is nested inside of something larger, almost like a Sokovian doll. I think they have those, right? Anyway. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Uh, what's really fun and what's really interesting to me about it is that they're able to get like a decent story like I, you, I could see this as a comic book potentially um, it's turning into a superhero story uh, you know framed in this way and they're able to produce it I would think relatively inexpensively because they're just using backdrops and sets and things like that um, that you know are hanging around anyway so I don't think they're using like the volume I think they're using old school sets at least for these episodes these first two uh, like I think it to me it looked kind of like the universal backlot like stuff that you see back to the future and things like that so anyway I don't know I'm interested to see where they go from here um, but I, I really liked it I was really entertained um, both uh, Benny and Olsen's performances were interesting and engaging and uh, they played up like they played like Ricky and Lucy you know and it was cool to see uh, and I just mean you know actors from that era of those types of show I didn't watch Leave to Beaver or anything like that so uh, and I don't remember anybody's names from I Dream of Genie or uh, <laughs> Bewitched or anything so anyway but they played like those characters but then they had moments where it cracked through and they had you know more modern performances I guess you could say uh, and gosh that was all all really neat so I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to the next one. And uh, that's pretty much it. Check, uh, check out all my other work over on Swinging Through Comics here. I don't just talk about TV shows or MCU stuff. Uh, I have a channel where I talk about... Uh, or actually, go to mgmanews.com. You can find the links for all the podcasts I have separated into the little feeds uh, where I review a bunch of comic books. I recently just reviewed the fifth and final issue of The Rise of Ultraman, Marvel, and Super Eye Productions. Uh, collaboration on bringing one of their old school, from the 60s, uh, TV uh, superheroes from Japan uh, into American comic books. This isn't the only time uh, Ultraman's been in comic book form in the United States. There's been, an, uh, I think from Viz, a uh, Ultraman manga from 2011, and uh, there's a Netflix TV show based on that. I've reviewed the Netflix TV show, the first season of it. Uh, I've reviewed also an anime of Ultraman, or an Ultraman spinoff really, called SSSS.Gridman, uh, and you can find that uh, through... Going Ultras, the podcast feed or the name of the, the show that I do uh, that talks about that. Um, I have a couple seasons of Going Ultra, talking about these various Ultraman things, but then the Ultraman comic released by Marvel in 2000 and ending in 2001, or sorry, 2020 and ending in 2021, rather, is uh, on uh, Swinging Through Comics, that feed, uh, and you can find it. It's going to be the, the previous episode of this. I was talking about Star Wars. I've been talking about the High Republic. Uh, is it woke garbage? I don't know. Find out with me in my reviews of uh, two things, A Test of Courage, the uh, middle grade or whatever book, and the full-on novel written by Charles Soule, who's written for various Marvel comics, including Marvel Star Wars, uh, Lando, Darth Vader. He's the main writer on Star Wars right now. Um, 
yeah so uh, I don't know if I reviewed Lando but I read it and I really enjoyed it so I had a lot good to say about that and uh, I did review Rise of Kylo Ren which I think is I thought it was Kavan Scott but apparently it's Charles Soule um, and that one's it's okay if you you know check out my reviews on that uh, you'll see why it turns downhill and why I dislike it and that's all on Swinging Through Comics but I also have Fully Operational which is a Star Wars show so there's a whole bunch of stuff I do go to my podcast link on mgmunios.com and you can find all the shows but again mg, uh, mgmunios.com slash stc is going to take you to the master feed of uh, Swinging Through Comics where I have an automatic uh, RSS thing that you can look at or uh and in addition to that, I'm also posting uh, every one of the episodes in order chronologically as well as the latest episode up at the top. And I just need to go back to the website and update that uh, sometime after you're hearing this. Hopefully it'll be updated by then. Anyway, until next time, folks, take care. And remember to be the hero you needed in your most desperate hour. Excelsior, true believers.